I keep me on LinkedIn too, right? So I'm doing IG and Facebook and LinkedIn for those nonprofits, but I'm also doing mine. And why am I doing mine? That kind of content creation is just to keep people aware of who I am, to keep me relevant, right? My cadence is just really doing the work that I'm getting paid to do, but then on my own to make sure that I do a post a day and provide value. Is that much of it? That's not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post-9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian, and that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 59 features Dan Horgan, a former Air Force TACP and a self-taught social media marketer. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. All right. Uh, round two, Dan Horgan. Welcome to Veteran Made. We just got through some technical difficulties for the last 15, 20 minutes, but we're still here. No. Uh, good, here. good to have you. You're, you were a JTAC. I was a weapons loader. Both worked on 15s. Uh, both Air Force guys. That's basically all anybody missed. Like we talked about that while we were trying to figure out how the how the internet works. That's it. We saved the world. End uh, the show. Great, great. Thanks for having me, Kerry. Hey, thanks for joining. Hey, we'll see everybody next week. Um, <laughs> cool. So yeah, no, like I was like I was saying before, I you know I'm a, a big fan of your content. Big fan of 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 the cadence that you post and the content that you post, and 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 we talk about similar things. Transitioning out of the military into. Um, a digital media landscape into a, a new kind of professional environment and doing some things that, that, that you want to do, not necessarily like what the, what the military was kind of forcing you to do and figuring out ways to be professional in a new environment. So I'm really glad that we're getting the opportunity to talk and dive a little bit more into all of that together. Um, could you just give folks a bit of a primer uh, on kind of, you know, who you are and, and, and where you served and, and, you know, not getting into like crazy operator stories or anything like yeah. that. Just a bit of a primer and then we'll jump into the transition stuff. Yeah, I'll try to make it really quick. So uh, I joined the Air Force in 1991. So I actually went to basic in February. The Desert Storm kicked off in January, right? If you're doing your history. So I went to basic training February of 91 in the Air Force. Um, the presidential honor guard came down on a recruiting tour. I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, which is, you know, about an hour away from D.C., so I actually got selected. So I did my first about, what, two years in D.C. with the Presidential Honor Guard. So doing all the Air Force funerals at Arlington. The Air Force said, man, you did such a great job. And you have a TS clearance for presidential support. Pick your base, Minot or Maelstrom, which is Wyoming. I picked Minot just because it was closer to the East Coast. Uh, so I spent about three years in Minot, North Dakota as a, a missile cop uh, out there at the missile field. Uh, my daughter was born like at the Air Force Base there, moved down to Oklahoma because I cross-trained, so I flew on AWACS. So I flew on AWACS for about four years. Um, and th this is kind of where you started going into like transition stories and right where career paths. So then the uh, TIs came up and did a recruiting trip up to Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma where I was at. And I said, yes, I'll go do that special duty assignment. Um I was chronic critically manned in AWAC, so they couldn't let me go. So I did the whole photos, right? I mean, I have a new high and tight now just because I'm institutionalized. But, uh, right? And then anyway, so I got accepted, but then AWACs couldn't let me go. So then I was like, well, I'll get out. I'll show you. And um, end up staying in the reserves and guards. So I actually retired from the Oklahoma Air Guard. But 
I became a, uh, a TACP, a JTAC in 07. So the 148th ASOS, it's out of Fort Indian Town Gap, um, just started. So 2007, I was the sixth guy hired into the unit. So you talk about oh, wow. in a startup. Yeah. So I mean, literally driving up a tank trail two miles to a trailer on the bombing range. Uh, but I was the sixth guy hired in the unit. Um, I passed TACP school, which is you know not easy. I mean, there's definitely a washout rate. Um, yeah, and did that from 07 to, I left them in 2010, went out to Oklahoma, was full-time out there, deployed, um, in 2011 to Southern Afghanistan. Um, but actually even during that time, I was a Baltimore city cop, right? There's a lot of stuff. I was a Baltimore city cop from 03 to 2010. Um, yeah. So was being in Baltimore as I was in the, the guard doing that. So did that, uh, Right. And then the old guy, then it just starts bouncing around. So, but actually, so this, I get in my military spouse. So we like, I hit a lot of wickets, right? Disabled, right. I do have a little bit of a dis disability rating, uh, so, you know, air force veteran, but my wife is still in. So she's serving and she says, Hey, I want to take orders down to San Antonio. I said, let's do it. Um, so we PCS down here from Oklahoma to San Antonio. I got picked up with black rifle and like, I don't know, like early April, I think of 19, I was like employee, like, I don't know, like 100 or 110. Um, yeah. And stayed with those guys till a little bit, uh, 22. So it's been about a year now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's been about a year. Nice. Um, yeah. 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 So what was it like? You mentioned it, right? He's like kind of getting a little bit into transition yeah. stories like yeah. while you're, while you're in the air force, like what, what was it like to to jump around and, and cross train and do different, you know, whether it's a special duty assignment as a, as a TI or looking at that and, and flying as enlisted air crew and then right. TACP. Like, I think there's, you know, a lot of a lot of service, service, uh, service members that are still serving, right? Think about like, oh, I, I can cross train. I can get some experiences. I can, especially now, right? right. Like not, not necessarily when, when you were in, but like now people are thinking like, oh, wow, I, I could really put myself in a good position to kind of optimize my opportunities when I get out of the military by cross-training and different things. Do you, did you find initially as you were transitioning out uh, of service that all of those transitions within service helped you? I do because it kind of, it, it really builds up, you know, it's the military buzzword, the resiliency, right? Being resilient. Um, it really does because you, you can look at like, again, like, Hey, I wanted to be a TI, I did everything it was required to be it. They accepted me, but the job you're in doesn't release you. I mean, that takes a lot, right? But I stayed in, right? Total force. I stayed in the reserves and I went over the guard. So I, I do think all those transitions throughout that military career for sure, uh, you know, gave me the skills that I needed for now, you know, kind of transitioning, moving around. And as you were in the military working all of those jobs, were you thinking about social media? Were you thinking about digital? Were you thinking about content creation? Or was that something that you got into afterwards? Yeah, no, again, old guy, man, I tell you, um, Black Rifle, really. I would tell you, even when, so when I got hired working directly for Evan and, and, and the team there, like, you know, I knew him and I was all about it, but no, I wasn't nearly, you know, I, I was probably at 25%, right? To where like now I'm at, you know, a hundred percent, like, you know, all in it and, 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 and messing with it and me getting into the data side of it and everything as well. Yeah. No. So in the military, no, not at all. So what, um, what drew you to black rifle as a company? What drew you to that opportunity that you had? Like, what was that first job that you had? 
Yeah, so I was Evan's executive assistant slash project manager. I mean, dude, I would tell you on the first day of work, uh, I worked, by definition, I was working for him and Tom Davin. So Tom Davin's the co-CEO. Um, and on my day one, they both were like, change your job title. Literally. I mean, I'm not even joking. It's, it's a true story. Uh, so I'm Googling alternate job titles for executive assistant slash project manager. So we came up with executive operations. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I actually said so Black Rifle, you know, 2019, you know, that's still young, right? They were still private. Like I said, I was employee in the early 100, you know, number. It, it uh, just the new frontier. It's almost, again, like going to the ASOS. Like I wasn't the sixth guy in Black Rifle, but it's like you literally on that ground floor of something, right? Um, their, their trajectory was already going, right? Evan already did the I'm going to hire 10,000 uh, veterans over 10,000 refugees. So that kind of really skyrocketed them. So I knew about them, you know, but when we PCS down, you know, my other top two other than Black Rifle were Yeti and, and, and Grunt Style, right? So Grunt Style has an office here in San Antonio, right? I'm out of San Antonio. Um, and then Yeti's just up in Austin. So again, like just that, that brand, the brand was really building. And same thing with Yeti. Yeti wasn't public, you know, back then. Um, so, you know, it was just, you know, trying to really be on not a necessarily ground floor but like in there in the mix so what was your your mindset coming out of the military you targeted three companies right that that you know two of which are, are veteran owned and, and operated another that's kind of in a tangential space like in the outdoor space right like we all we all love yeti um but were you thinking okay i want to get in at one of those companies and see what happens and see where i might land and see where i could go or were you thinking like, hey, I want to get in, I want to get on the operations side and really learn how this stuff works? Like, did you have any sort of um, specific mindset as to what you wanted to pursue or were you just kind of open to, to whatever might happen? Yeah, I was open, but I, I probably had, and when we talk about military transition, I had that ego, right? So, you know, again, I was the master sergeant and I've done several different jobs, right? And, and succeeded at them, you know, my honorable discharge, I've done things. So, it, no, yeah. It was literally just like, let me come in and be open. I mean, again, let me, if, if people could see me, like I'm just, I'm your average guy. And then to be like an executive assistant, like, you know, Evan Hafer and Tom Davin probably wasn't your norm uh, type of scenario. So it's same thing, but even if I would have done that at say Grunt Style or Yeti, like the same thing. No, I was totally open. You know, I, I obviously had, you know, again, everybody, I think in the military thinks that they can be a project manager. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's like, man, I can do operations. I know training. Um, I did a, a short stint. Again, I bebopped kind of around. That's actually when I decided to retire. I was the acting group first sergeant for the Tulsa wing. So I, I know, you know, supervision. So yeah, it was just a lot of like, I was like, I know I can do this, but like, I mean, just zero background for anything creative really right um yeah yeah as a kid that's the thing like you know we talk and if you ever if you, get, if you follow me on, on linkedin i wanted to write for marvel comics when i was in high school which is the you know mid 80s right 85 to 89 so when i graduated high school in 89 i mean that was my thing i wanted to write for marvel comics but then i joined the military and it kind of just shut that off for me right and your 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 military dan for those 20 some years um, but now that's where that's, and that's what black rifle did. So again, we talk about everything about like timing and, and networking and everything happening for a reason, black rifle really. And I think grunt style probably, and I bet Yeti would have done it too. They, the really sparked, I think that creative 
nature back to to it where not the that the military stifles it but right like so what was the arc like for you then as you as you were as you found yourself in this new environment yep. you found yourself supporting the the co-ceos like what was the what was the arc like what was the learning curve like when did you start to find that spark that interest that kind of love for for creativity that you had again and, and what did that kind of initial process and time period look like for you creatively as you were finding your voice yeah i, I think really that uh, first six months to so even a year kind of scenario uh played into it really <clears throat> the the black rifle office uh that is for san antonio it was like evan's desk logan stark's desk my desk and then jt matt and richard ryan and so immersed in their world, right? And in, in, in their confidentiality and in, in, in their back in their pockets, right? We used to make the joke, uh, the hand. So if you're a Game of Thrones fan, like that I was the hand, that was kind of my job. And it was, and, and that's what you learn. And you just sat there and absorbed. I mean, you did all your tasks that you had to do, but you you just were so intimately in you, I I was so intimately involved with just absorbing them. Like I would um Quick side story, right? I'm a storyteller. So I'm wearing John Dudley's t-shirt, knock on archery. The first, I didn't, I didn't even shoot a bow that first total archery challenge. I actually carried a backpack. One of the guys, Ridge, Ridge was a younger kid. He's still, he's obviously still younger. Anyway, Ridge was the media guy and he was taking photographs and we were in Park City, right? So we were in the Good Mountains and I was carrying the backpack just being the pack mule, but like you were absorbing um, and that's even how I got into archery. You just sat there and you listened. And so the same thing. So anyway, to go back to your question, six months to a year, I think really just sitting there grasping at everything those guys did, you know, just kind of just for me. Well, and that's how Evan then eventually moved me over to, to marketing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one thing that's evident to anybody that's been a customer of, of theirs for, you know, for, for as long as they've existed, uh, uh you know, which I, I fall into that category and then anybody who's followed along on, yeah. on social you know, like they've been operating at a high level from a content standpoint, from a creative standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, like almost from the jump, right? Like it was, it was born out of Evan's love for coffee. Um, and, you know, we've all heard that story, but then secondarily, it was like, how do we make great content for our community, for our audience, for the people that love this coffee, drink this coffee, buy this coffee yep. and, and share out this content. So it's like, you're, you're at the nexus of, of, of this, um, you know, like, content creation machine. Yeah. Well, you um, had like Marty on you. I mean, you know, Marty came over, yeah. you know, coffee or die. Yeah. I mean, that's all black rifle. Right. I mean, so yeah, it's just huge. Coffee is always number one, but media is like right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Marty and I talked about it on the episode, yep. you know, where it's like, it's actually kind of wild that that black rifle has successfully has been successful making coffee and then at, almost as successful making content, right? Like there's people who know black rifles content that don't drink their coffee or even know that they do coffee. Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. Which I used to want to. Yeah. Try. And even, even this, right. Like, I used to want to try. yeah, I mean, we're talking about it like, or something and it, you'd be like, Oh, black rifle coffee. And you'd be like, what? And I was like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. But even now we kind of like talk about a black rifle, not even necessarily like black rifle coffee. You know what I mean? So, um, so, okay. So writing was kind of like your first love creatively, right? If you're talking about wanting to write comics when you were a kid, did you, is that the kind of first avenue that you took when you moved over to the marketing side of the house over there thinking about 
writing content? Was it shooting? Like, what was your what was your interest? Like, where, how did the, how did your creative growth uh, happen when when you got to the marketing side? No, it it, it didn't. Um, you know, <clears throat> radical transparency is one of Black Rifle's um, value statements, kind of thing. And you know, I definitely learned it from Evan. And so, no, it actually wasn't. It actually when I went over to marketing, I was more the uh, so I was the director of marketing operations, um, which were a lot of the events partnerships, sponsorships, right? So if you were you know, asking for Black Rifle to do something, that was me and all the companies that we had in the, in the coffee club subscription dealing with those and then all the events, right? So all the, you know, the grassroots events that we, you know, we had, no, which is still really a lot of operations. So in, in and again, in that radical transparency it really wasn't until, and, and one of the reasons why I decided to leave Black Rifle is just that's what opened my door, right? Those three and a half, almost four years kind of saw me, um, you know, just there. And I was still in that operations side, but I wanted to try to get back into a little bit of the, the, the creativity side of it. So <laughs> did I stop you, Gary? <laughs> no, you didn't stop me. I was like, this is this is actually the, the yeah. a really, really meaty thing to yep. talk about. It's something that, that I talk about a, a lot, yep. both with transitioning service members and, and veterans that want to get into space and, and anybody who's a, in film school or or wants to get into advertising or production or marketing, yep. whatever it might be. People that want to get it, like they want to write the scripts, they want to write the caption cut, they want to write the cool things and create the cool things and do the cool things. But there's a ton of value in learning how those things get made right. from an operation standpoint. And it's a really great place to be grounded, to have an understanding of, of, of not just the, the why and the what, but the how and all of that as well. Um, looking back for you, how, how valuable did it feel at the time? I know you obviously made the decision to, to leave Black Rifle and go pursue more of the things that you wanted to pursue, but how valuable did it feel at the time and how valuable did it, does it feel now looking back? Well, like my time at Black Rifle, how valuable or? Uh, not not like, not in general, your time at Black Rifle, but more of like the operation side and like really understanding on the creative operations, marketing operations side of things, like how a content machine actually works yeah. rather than like being able to actually do that work there. No, it, it, it super, super valuable for the sheer fact of, you know, I mean, Evan and I had a conversation even when I left, you know, it's like <clears throat> marketing is way more even than just the events and partnerships. I mean, you have, you know, the data side of it, um, you know, paid side of it, you know, you know, and just in, in marketing, when, when people want to get into marketing, I want to get into marketing. Uh, great. You want to do email and SMS, <laughs> do, right? Do you want to do paid SEO, SEM, um, do you, you know, social media, like Luke Ryan. So Luke runs the social side, you know, social media, like you, you were on that social media side. That's all like its own little subcategories. We talk about marketing. I got to be like in each of those. And so it, 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 like, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was invaluable what I learned. Um, and then what I saw, and then even now it's valuable. Um, I'm doing some contract work. Um, I'll kind of just for a non, let's say for a nonprofit, it is a nonprofit, but, uh, um, and I'm pulling some data for them. Oh my God. I didn't really do any of the data side of it. Right. We had a huge, a huge team at black rifle that pulled data. I'm going back from 2019 to now on Facebook pulling uh, like posts. Oh man, it is not sexy nor. <laughs> but it helps you understand. It yeah. helps you understand what. Yeah, you need yeah. data. Yeah, yeah, no, you need data, right? 
that is, I would not, uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. The data that I'm pulling will be used for like the strategy for future. Um, it is 100% needed. Um, but that's the thing though, the, the team, uh, Ron, Ron Romanowski was the guy black rifle used to run like data. Like Ron wasn't a content guy, right? Ron didn't get on LinkedIn and create or post and take videos and stuff like that. Right. But like the data that he got. And so, yeah, now I'm sitting there and you're looking and now I'm pulling some data and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, it, you think, you know, it's like when you tell, you know, friends and family who, who don't work in, in production or advertising or marketing or right. content creation, you know, like that there's a difference between paid media and organic media, right? There's a or, organic social feed post and a, a paid social feed post and an organic story and a paid story and OLV and OTT and CTV and brought, like all those, they're like, wait, what? You don't just make videos. It's like, well, yeah, but also no, because there's different ways to deploy these assets. And sure. arguably the more important thing to do is deploy the assets correctly, both when, when you deploy them, where you deploy them, how you deploy them, right? It's all about getting yeah. those eyeballs, all about getting that, the click through rate and all of that stuff. And people are like, oh, wait, I thought it was just making videos that look cool. Yeah. No, people thought not. there were acronyms in the military. Yeah. Welcome to, right. You know, you know, CTR, CPAs, LTV, right. I mean, uh, but yeah. we've what, like, what you do like, so videos, same thing. Um, you know, Cam and Ethan, the guys that you guys all do videos, like, those videos that we see, you, that's not what you shot. Like you edit it, right. right? You have to sit there. And I used to watch, again, some of the younger guys like Ridge, I used to watch them editing with all, oh my God, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So can you, can you walk us through, like, what was the decision like for you to leave um, a, a company, obviously that you worked for, for, for a, a few years, a company you enjoyed working for, a company that kind of set that uh, foundation for you in the civilian world, doing some of the work that you wanted to do, or at least put you in a position to do some of the work that you wanted to do. There's a stat out there. I can't remember the exact numbers, but basically military veterans tend to be by an order of magnitude, more loyal to their employers than our civilian counterparts do. And, and so it's often hard for us to leave our first company or leave a company that we've been with for a significant period of time of our professional lives. How difficult was that decision for you? What went into that decision? Uh, what was it like to go through that process? Were you, what were you going to on the other side of that decision? Yeah, again, radical transparency and I'll keep it to my opinions. Um, it was difficult for me, for sure, right? I have a lot of friends there and I had a lot of friends, um, but the level that I worked at, I had to talk to the CEO directly. Um, it didn't go well, right? Um, just like brutally honest. When I say it didn't go well, it was because again, that loyalty. So I probably broke, you know, a little bit of that loyalty, which I own. Um, we had some recent conversations where, you know, we, we kind of worked it out to where, you know, again, right. There's three sides to a story. Um, yep. But I would tell you in, in, in that transition though, I got a little bit lulled swayed over excuse me we really talked about a beer company that i worked for and that's where i left i left black rifle to go work for a beer company but when i got, got swayed to to keep it on a positive spin don't get swayed by the money or title right and so i did so i was going to be the cmo right chief marketing officer for this beer company right so that's huge coming from a director level and i mean it's a startup 
regardless, right? Crowdfunded startup. But you know, that, that, that title sits there. And then to say, you are going to be responsible for all of the marketing. So what we just talked about, that team, that huge team that, you know, BRCC had, right, is now just going to be you, but maybe you can build it out, you know. Um, and then, right, and then obviously money, money does perk up. If I was making, you know, really good money, which, you know, I, I thank the team for, but, you know, this was a little bit, a little bit more. And you're like, wow, that title, a little bit more? Yes. Um, so it was, it was a difficult decision regardless of all that. I don't ever regret, um, leaving again. I, I still have a ton of friends, friends there. Right. Um, Evan will get, he won't get mad, but like, I was just texting him the other day and we, you know, we do a lot of emojis now, just, you know, it's short and sweet. I mean, he's busy. Um, so I gave him like a thumbs up and then he did like an LOL and then that was it. Right. <laughs> but yeah. so, uh, it's, it, it's still there which is fine. It, it's like getting out of the air force. Like I can talk about 2000 when I was going to be, you know, I wanted to be a drill instructor, you know, a training instructor. And then, then big air force said, no, we can't let you go. Well, great. I stayed in like, you know, and I still love the air force and I would still tell someone to join me of the, the air force and help them. So, yeah. 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 I think, I think it's a, you're touching on a couple of the things, right. That are, yep. that are difficult. I think for people in our community, you know, the, the loyalty aspect of it, right? like just because you leave somewhere doesn't mean you didn't like it. Right. Or don't like it or won't ever like it again or like any of those yep. things. Right. Like you, you, you might need or want the opportunities that you get, but then there's the other piece of it, which is and kind of back to some of the acronyms and the things that we were all, that we were talking about before, right. Where you're like, uh, well, this thing sounds good. It looks good on paper. I, I certainly understand how to supervise. I certainly understand responsibilities. I certainly understand what might be expected of me to build a team out. But then you you get somewhere and you're like, oh, well, this isn't what I thought it was, right? And that happens quite a bit um, for, for a lot of people who, who make this kind of decision. Well, um, I would I was, say, I'm sorry, I would tell you even it really in the marketing and what you, know, what you like ad agency and creative, because one of the reasons leaving, you know, that beer company was the sheer fact of creative differences. Right. And so you, you talk about some of that too. And you, you're looking in the military, like, yeah, like, you know, that, you know, Colonel might tell you to do something. You don't agree with them, but you have to do it. When the CEO says, do something, if you're, you're the marketing SME, right. Because they hired you. And then you're like, no, that's not what we do. And you're having these conversations. You're like, no. Yeah. Like there's a creative difference to that point when, you know, again, in, in the marketing, uh, you know, branding, you know, creative, you know, media side of it. Yeah. I mean, especially I think when you're working at a startup where, you know, where it's, it probably needs to be a little bit more collaborative, but it's hard to be more collaborative at that, at that level, because, you know, there's people that are invested, you know, whether it's uh, financially or, or just emotionally, relationally, professionally wanting to make sure that the organization goes in a certain way. And sure. you're responsible for telling the organization's story and building out the team that's going to tell the organization's story. And ultimately, at the end of the day, driving revenue, right? Like if you, right. <laughs> so, uh, so it's, it's, it's uh, certainly not an easy position to be in. Well, that's the um, remote work. So I was remote. So that's the other thing too, like being remote work nowadays, I believe it works. And actually I was just second cam. So cam and I were, were, were texting just a little while ago before all this. And I love being remote, but you really have to have a team that works in remote. And so again, when you talk about startups, the, the remote world, man, if, if, if it's not, if it doesn't have a strong hold in it, it, it can be something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so you went to the, the beer startup and yep. then 
you've since left the beer startup and are you working on a contract basis now? Are you more of a freelancer? Like what, what's the, what, what was that transition like for you in order to make that decision and then get into what you're doing now? Yeah, no. And so one of the other, like, so I bebopped around again, transitioning. Like I'm not happy with my story for this year that I left black rifle, but I am just all the things I've learned when I say I'm not happy is that I don't want to bebop around. Like I'm not a, in my military career, I bebopped around, but it was 24 years of bebopping around, right? Not a year. Um, no, after I left the, the beer company, actually, I got um, on with Recurrent Ventures. So Recurrent Ventures owns Task and Purpose. They own We Are the Mighty. Um, I mean, they own like a lot of different. They own Field and Stream, Outdoor Life. Um, but I was doing sales for media ad sales for We Are the Mighty. Um and again, radical transparency. I was I was doing that for a few months, and then my bosses were great, and I, I love everyone there. Uh, but we were doing a conversation, and she's like, "Is this what you want?" And I'm not. I was like, "No, I'm not sales. Like, I can't do media ad sales. Uh, I can do partnerships and sponsorships all day long." So I left that. When I left that, I created. That was like in December. So I ended up, I created an LLC. Um, I owned Free Range Texas. Um, from back in the day, only because and I would tell you again, a side story, Black Rifle created Free Range American. I created Free Range Texas if we were ever going to decide to do um, clubs, like not clubs, but like drinking bros, right? Remember like, drinking bros back in the day? Right. Black Rifle? Yeah. I created that um, just on my own, right? And they didn't, they, they didn't go that route. But I was like, you know what? Let me have Free Range Texas. And if Black Rifle ever went that route, you know, I would have gave it to them. Like, here you go, guys. Right. Great. I was just trying to like, you know, um, well, so when I left, we are the mighty, I actually was like, you know what? So my, my friend Dave owns long tab brewing. So it's a, a brewing company here in San Antonio. So Dave owns that. And I was like, Hey man, he's like, dude, use legal zoom. Was it not legal zoom. Uh, was it legal zoom? I, don't, I forget. So I created, I created for range Texas and immediately started getting, I said, immediately, like I have like two or three contracts. So yeah. Um, just kind of have been doing two or three contracts. I was doing a full-time job, uh, out in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania. Remote work wasn't working for them. Um, so again, Texas to that, plus it costs money, right? When someone's remote and you're flying them out, I mean, it's like, you know, 1500 bucks for me to come out. So no, so right now I'm, I'm doing free range, Texas. It's Dan Horgan, right? Got a, a few contracts, doing a little bit of, you know, social social media management, um, you know, some data marketing side of it. Yep. Um, you, so you also touched on another thing I think that is important that happens to, to a lot of us, like people in general, yep. and specifically, I think to, to veterans, which is like, Hey, let me go try sales, right? Like the opportunities in front of me, it's another organization, another company, another uh, group of people that, that uh, are, are inside of our community that are great people. Like I, I know people, we are the mighty and yeah, all of that and it's like it, it's a, it's great let me go try it and then you had somebody who recognized probably not like per, poor performance or anything like oh, that no, but somebody no. who recognized yeah hey this might not be for you and like they had that radical transparency to you to have that conversation of like hey do you really want to be doing this what was it like to go through that conversation and how valuable was that for you to to be on the receiving end of that from somebody and then how 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 did that conversation go no it was again i uh, kathy is her name no, Kathy, uh, she's the VP of it. And so Kathy and I literally were having a, it was after SHOT Show. So after SHOT Show and um, when she just asked me that question of like, 
is this what you want or like are you liking it or something like that i forgot how she worded it carrie it felt like a weight was lifted off of me because she asked right she asked and now i again being a you know honest guy i was like yes and so i was like no no i don't want to be i don't want to do this at all <laughs> um and so when i told her that i, I think she was a little shell-shocked to be honest right if, if she listens to this i don't know if she'll yeah but and then but we talked through it right she is a super professional love her and then i think i'm old enough now and my emotional intelligence is is in check a little bit we worked through it i gave a two-week notice you know i wasn't being a martyr right for the team but she needed to get someone in there right ad revenue it like the team for media i mean you know pays for other people's salaries right it wasn't just paying for my salary so yeah so i i dropped a, a two-week notice but again i i, I still talk to um mark kathy and, and the whole team there with with we are the mighty yeah that's great i think a lot of people find themselves in a situation where they don't know how to answer that question honestly and they're very worried about what's on the other side of answering that question honestly um did you have any of those feelings or was it just like hey what a great opportunity for me to answer this question honestly no no and again i quote i know i said please don't fire me. <laughs> I literally was like, cause she was again, she was a little like, well, what, what do we, and I was like, well, first of all, please don't fire me after telling you this. Um, but again, at that point, having enough of like the forethought, um, I was like, let me give my two week notice. We'll do a handover. We can go through some things. Right. Um, I was more than willing even to look for any applicants for her or, you know, if I knew someone, Right. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. OK, so what's it been like to branch out on your own? Like you so you've got this LLC, you've got this thing that you own and, and you get to do a little bit of everything that you have done before yeah. from a data management side, but then also get to be a little bit creative. Like what is what's life like for you now as a content creator independently and kind of working, working for yourself and getting some contracts? Uh, it's good. Um, again, I say that and it, you can hear probably the hesitation. This is my office in here and it's awesome and I, I love it. You just don't have someone right there, right? The Black Rifle, I used to, again, I was in the owner's suite as they used to call it, but I could go walk through the hallways and you had people, right? And I know that's work distractions, but like I have work distractions here when I have to pick up the kids or do the dishes or something when I'm working. Um, so it's good, you know, but you have a lot of freedom if when I take the boys to school, I can go run. And then when I run, like I can do work or, I mean, it's, what time is it now? It's 6.52 PM here in San Antonio right now. Uh, you know, I, after we're done, I can, I can jump on the computer and I can get some work done. Right. You so see, you're not really punching the clock when, you know, I wasn't punching the clock either on, on the other gigs. So it's good. Um, honestly, I would always keep free range, Texas. Um, because uh, I, I actually, I'm working for a, a I do have a nonprofit that is doing a contract. Um, and so, you know, it's not hard, especially when you believe in a mission. So I always can keep that, um, you know, but I am always looking, you know, I, I call it my next tribe, you know, trying to get that, yeah. right. My, you know, my black, you know, military was it, police was it, right. The black rifle, I really do feel like was it. And so it's like really just trying to find what that next one is. And, you know, it's, it's there. Um, so I, you know, you know, a few feelers out and stuff like that, but, I, I do like it because again, 
I have money coming in. Like I have contracts and, you know, I, I use a, I use HoneyBook if you're familiar with HoneyBook. So I send out invoices and you, you get paid and it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What's, so what's the, uh, what does that outreach process look for, like for you, whether it's, you know, sales um, for, you know, a pipeline for your contract business or whether it's like looking for your next gig, like what does that actually look like for you? How do you approach that? What's your mindset? What, what are the tactics that you, that you employ? Yeah, no, I know for my time, um, I'm not really doing any sales for the LLC. So for, for free range Texas, like where I'm at is, is enough, right? And especially if I do find something full-time, I might have to cut one. I don't know. Right. Um, because I, but I really do want to look for something to, you know, I want to kind of have that both side of it. You know, again, working for the nonprofit, it's not going to be, um, you know, any kind of, you know, competition for anything else that I would do. So for me, what it looks like is you, you talked about it when we first started LinkedIn. Um, I keep me on LinkedIn too, right? So I'm doing, you know, IG and Facebook and LinkedIn for, you know, those nonprofits. Um, but I'm also doing mine. And why am I doing mine? You know, that kind of content creation is just to keep people aware of who I am, to keep me relevant, right? Um, like tomorrow night. So here in, in San Antonio, we have what's called Mill City Meetup. Sam and Ray Domingo, along with Quincy and Chuck Bunch, these guys created, um, it's called Mill City Mill City Meetup, but it's, you know, they, they have a LinkedIn, it's LinkedIn Mill City. And we'll do a, a Thursday night, This th they do it once a month. And so this is tomorrow, I, can, I know this will air later. So what is today? It's May 24th, so May 25th and Thursday will be, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'll go to that and, you know, I probably won't, I mean, you know, for those, I've been going to those for about four years now since I've been, you know, um, but I'm always known as the black rifle guy when I, you know, when I go, even though I'm not there anymore and stuff like that. So it'll be, it'll be, it's always cool to do stuff like that. So my cadence is just really doing the work that I'm getting paid to do, but then on my own to make sure that, you know, I, I keep, you know, my content, um, you know, I, I hit you know, LinkedIn more than I hit Instagram. I like Instagram, but Instagram is more still just fun, you know, and stories. I don't, I don't do too many posts, but you know, they LinkedIn, I probably try to do a post a day for sure and provide value with. Yeah. yeah. What have you done to develop? How have you developed like your voice, your uh, brand, you know, for, for lack of a better word uh, on, on those platforms on LinkedIn, as you, as you look to, figure out who it is that you want to be in the marketplace and who it is that you want to um, attract, you know, whether it's like, you know, followers or, or uh, potential employers or potential colleagues, like what's, cause that's something people ask about all the time, right? They're like, well, how do I, what's my brand? How do I discover my voice? Yeah. And you know, my, my answer is always just like, start writing, start creating and, and you'll kind of see what happens, but what, what, what has your approach been and how do you optimize as you go? Yeah, just things that like you know, and I, and again, I, I we're beating up the radical transparency and the authenticity, but right, military is obviously one. Military transition, um, the outdoors, you know, the firearms, to but you know, coffee, beer. Um, I did a post for this morning about Long Tab Brewing. So again, Long Tab, you know, is you know. Dave and, and Mike started that and they were two green berets. Right. And now it's, it, it's great. So my wife and I went over the weekend, you know, so just, you don't know, shout outs, right. To, to these guys, you know, they didn't ask me, they don't pay me. I got nothing free. I don't, I don't, I didn't get a discount uh, when I go to long tab. Right. So no, it just, you know, it's, but you just, 
to let people know. And then you do like you, you would read comments like, oh, I'm in San Antonio. I never heard of long tab. Great. Like, you know, you help out that customer because I did something I do believe in. Um, so yeah, it's really the things. And actually I, I just talked about it the other day too. Is like, I did, I used to do a lot of coffee content, obviously. Um, and that kind of faded off. Um, but I don't, I don't know why it still can. So I'm probably going to even start doing more, more coffee content. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so, so for you, is it about like building content around, around community and the communities that you participate in and then the, the things that you like, right? It's like, it's kind of, it, it seems, you know, simple and obvious, but a lot of people don't do it. It's like, well, what do you like? Who do you like to do it with? Where do you like to do it? Well, those are the things you should talk about and then kind of see what, what happens out of there. And then you add the added bonus of wanting to help people like you're talking right. about. Great. Yeah. And then, and, and then the last part is consistency. So, you know, like, but that's the thing. It's always, you'll hear, do what you can. So if it's, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, great. You know, I do, I try to do five days and there'll be sometimes like, even again, like after this show, like I might sit here and be like, man, what am I going to post tomorrow? Like, I don't have something already auto published, right? I don't, I don't already, like, I don't, um, but I know, but again, it's like knowing you want to talk about something, right? Um, and just not a selfie. Like, it's just like, so what? So what? Um, and so sometimes, you know, again, the, my, my latest kick has been AI, right? So I'm, I'm on the AI chat, GPT, you know, Jasper, right? Sonic, all the AI sites. I'm digging them. I'm loving them. So literally, I could probably get on, I'm pointing over here. I got a big monitor on that side get on chat GPT and be like, write me a post, you know, as a, you know, 20 year air force veteran marketing guy, blah, blah, blah. Right. If you give it good enough prompts, it's going to kick something out. Now I would tell you again, if, when people are listening to this, if they're anti AI, I never copy and paste. Cause I can type that in there. Yep. And it's going to spit me something out. You all, I always edit and cut it. Like, I'm like, nah, that's too robotic. That's too whatever. And then you, you know, and stuff like that. But I tell you that at the speed that AI is spitting it out though, it's not bad. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's a great, yeah. It's a great like rough draft or first draft tool, right? right? A, a way to jog, jog some thoughts, jog some memories. You know? Yeah. A little bit yeah. of spark, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as you as you create this content and look to kind of like connect with others and you're you know thinking about your thinking but not thinking too hard about about the cadence um of this like what are the what are the conversations actually like right like you said you got some feelers out there like what are those for for people who are who are wondering like hey should i should i start to do some things like this should i put my resume out there should i connect on LinkedIn? Should I post more on LinkedIn? Should I DM people? Like what, what are, what are the, what's the meat of those conversations actually like as you start to talk to people that you could potentially work with or for? Yeah, no, I, that's, that's good. And again, I will put it out there into the universe. No, um, so LinkedIn, I was doing the, the outdoor company right in Pennsylvania, um, attack P guy, Zach, Zach lives like in Philly. Zach knew I was going to be out there. Comes up, we're talking. He does uh, something with a company called Zero Eyes. Uh, like, um, so they have a, it's an AI, it's a facial recognition system to help with identifying weapons and stuff like that. We talk about all these mass shootings, like school shootings and church shootings. Like mm. that. Yeah. So uh, Navy SEALs, they were on the Black Rifle podcast, you know, a couple months ago. Um, but again, a lot of the Navy SEALs, they got together and they created this company. When I say that is 
I meet Zach. Great. And then he DMs me just the other day. Again, when, when, you know, people will listen to this. You know, I don't know, care when, when, when you post it. He DMs me um, on LinkedIn. He's like, hey, they're posting for XYZ job. We'll just leave it at that, right? I, I won't get into it. They're posting for XYZ job. I'm like, yes, right? Now I get like, again, the cadence is I look on LinkedIn. I look at the guy who just left that job and I'm like, wow, I don't know if my background again holds that candle, right? I'm not classically trained in marketing, you know? I think what I know and then what I, you know, and you do all this, but you know, like, you know what? Let me apply. So again, I do. And, but again, it's a networking. So not only do I have Zach as someone who does stuff with the company saying, yes, this guy's a yes for me. Um, these co-founders know people that I know from my day at Black Rifle. So obviously, do I mention them, right? Because they are still, you know, friends. Do I, yes. Um, and they get my resume and then you're like, okay, so I have an interview scheduled. Fantastic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are there going to be other candidates? Yes. So you have to, it's, again, it's that resilient side of you. You have to know that you aren't the only one. Right. There's going to be there's probably let's just say six other candidates, man. And, you know, and, and so you have to be aware of that. So, you know, again, but I like that cadence. Well, I today just again, if we're, when we're taping this today is Wednesday. My interview is next Wednesday. No, I'll, I'll spend, you know, some time doing a lot of good research and you know, doing some SWOT analysis stuff and really try to, you know, hit them with my best shot. Yeah, I think it's a really that's a. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Thank you for right. being transparent about yeah. that whole process. I think that's a really good, simple thing for people to be able to replicate, right? Like people, people wonder all the time, like, Hey, should I mention that I know these people that they know? Should I follow up with some of those people that I know that they know? Um, should I follow up with the, with the person that, that gave me this tip and give me some, the answer is yes to all of the above, yeah. right? Like do everything you can. These are the reasons I, I, on this podcast and, and in the content that I post, I, I, I always say that it's it's about building relationships with other humans. It's not about building a network, right? And so network's not a bad word or a dirty word, yeah. but it is something that I think has gotten overused, right? Sure. And so really what is a network when it comes to professional relationships, it's relationships with other humans, right? So yes, it's how you treated them in the past and how they treated you in the past and that kind of reciprocal nature of those relationships and keeping those strong throughout your entire career as best you can, obviously. Um, but then it's also like, yeah, people are, I had a conversation today, uh, you know, with, with an old client of mine at a brand that I used to work with yeah. and now he's at a, a, a new brand and, uh, he and I just had, had a catch up. Uh, for about 45 minutes, supposed to be 15 minutes. We ended up going 45, right. just shooting the shit, having a good conversation because we're homies and it's great. And then at the end of the conversation, you know, we were just talking about like, hey, you know, we need to do this more. And we know that what we're both doing is keeping in contact with somebody that we like, yep. but we're also keeping in contact with somebody that can help us in the future. And there's nothing wrong with that. 100%. Yeah. No, again, uh, yeah, you hit that right on, on the head. That, that, that's that's yeah. Right. Right on the money. Um, you know, some bridges you can burn, but like keeping those relationships for sure. Yeah. And I would tell you that the two yeah. guys that I know that these guys know, I haven't reached out to them. I have their numbers, right? My cell phone sitting over here, but I don't want to go that route. I really do a lot of, you know, now will they maybe call? Sure. And I would hope my relationship on the past, they were like, yeah, dude's a decent dude. Yeah, sure. Right. Give him a, give him a shot. 
Um, and that's, that's all I'm asking for. Yeah. And I really do want it and I could, but I just, it's also one of those, like, it's, I just don't, you don't want to another side story, the outdoor company that that I did go work for the daughter of a, uh, archery, we'll just call it archery. I, I won't even say anything. An archery bow shop called them and was like, me and my dad say, hire this guy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love um, it. And you're like, yeah, okay, with that kind of recognition, kind of like we got to hire you. And they did. It's just, you know, the remote thing didn't work for him. You know, we'll leave it at that. But uh, I really don't like, I, I didn't ask for that. And I'm not a big, I don't really, really do that. Like I, because I also want to know that I bet they're going to, they're going to reach out maybe somehow and be like, Hey man, what's, what's up with this? Who's this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, of course, as they should, right? Right. Um, so I'd actually like to talk a little bit about archery. This isn't an outdoors podcast. Yep. This isn't, you know, necessarily on topic. But I've seen you post quite a bit about about archery recently. Yep. And yep, there we go. And uh, I got into it recently in the last couple of years. Got my first doe uh, yep. earlier this year at the end of last season. You know, getting ready for September and super excited. But I, I love the the you talk about the therapeutic nature of of archery. You actually mentioned it earlier at the beginning of yep. this recording. You were talking about just being right just observing and being out there and being in that environment what has archery done for you um as an observer initially and then as, as a practitioner as you've gotten into it and 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 how has it informed the 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 content that you've written about it i've i've just been particularly i've gravitated towards that yeah no it was i tell you so um i shoot a psc stealth so evan got into it and again it was that year it was you know like 2019 ish i think we did it and um, just phenomenal. Right. So, you know, he bought like 10 or 20 bows for some people. We got them and I started shooting. I drove from San Antonio up to Salt Lake, which is a 20 hour drive. You know, I get there in, in the, the parking lot of the Salt Lake office and literally, you know, like I'm like, I'm dialing my bow in. Um, and then from there it just stuck, you know, now one of my jobs was doing the veteran adaptive athlete shoot. So black rifle used to put on called the veteran adaptive athlete shoot. Um, you know, and that was, you know, Evan and, and the team's brainchild. And that was then me to execute it, you know, and, and do it. I just, I fell in love the, the people, you know, total archery challenge is something I talk about all the time. It's a 3d event. It goes pretty much like one April to one August, you know, type of scenario. So it's going on now, you know, 10 different States, right. They do the different venues. I mean, and man, they got 2000 to 4,000 people. For, for the three days, which, you know, depending on what event you do, you know, um, it really has. And so again, I'm here in San Antonio, Camp Bullis has an outdoor range, you know, it's like 40 bucks, you know, to, to go. And so obviously I retiree, I can get on base. And so I pay 40 bucks for the year and they have, I can go from 10 to 60 yards for the further targets, you know, um, it's been great. Like I can tell you right now, I haven't shot since when I left that outdoor company, I probably haven't shot in two weeks. I know I need to go. Like, so I, I'm feeling it. Like, so again, I'm in my office and my, my, I'm sitting on the side, my bow's up on the wall over there. I need to go. Um, yeah, so I, 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 because yeah. it is one of those stuff where you're, you're out there, right. You're breathing, you can do all this stuff, right. Again, I'm wearing the knock on shirt. Like you can do all of it and you can tell and shooting does it for people too. For me, I shot so much in my military career. I shot so much in my police career. I still love shooting, right? I, I love firing. I still love shooting, but archery almost kind of took over a little bit just for the, 
the ability of, you know, we, you don't have to worry about the ammo, right. And ear protection. I mean, my backyard's not big, but I probably have at least 15 or 20 yards. I could set my little 3d target up in my backyard if I wanted to and start slinging arrows. I can't pull out my, you know, Taurus or Glock and start blasting in my backyard. <laughs> yeah right absolutely yeah right out right out this window right here i've got about 12 yards out there right like stand stand like right in, in the doorway yeah. um you know stand up up on the up on the ledge right there yeah. and and shoot down um but yeah I, I we moved to virginia about a year ago so i gotta i gotta find a a, a 3d ranger here uh but yeah I, I i love it i i feel the same way i didn't i didn't um shoot as much in the military but uh but but shot some in the military and, and I've shot some outside the military and, and enjoy, but yeah, the archery is, it's very primal. You know, you have that, 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 um, that, that kind of like feeling of oneness with that, that yeah. machine that just doesn't quite feel the same with, with a firearm. Well, it's almost like a, it's such a checklist. Um, cause so my wife got into it last year, so she really hadn't shot, but she saw that I was doing it. And so, uh, Jason Tabansky, Jason's in uh, a wheelchair, army, army helicopter pilot, got some stuff happened to him. Um, and he's here in San Antonio. Jason's actually a Paralympian. I Jason's done some stuff. He's probably going to get mad that I don't know what awards he's won. But uh, he gave my wife a bow. Um, and so Bethany's, she's done, she started shooting. And it, it, it's a checklist because, like, if she if she messes up or doesn't do something, like, I'm an amateur. I'm, I'm 100% an amateur. Uh, but, again, you've, you've had, like, guys, you know, Marty and, and Jack on. Like, so those guys yeah. aren't huge archery guys, too. And they kind of got into it. And they can tell you. And it really is a checklist. And and that's, you know, in the military, you got so accustomed to checklists, especially when I, you know, was air crew, you know, when I was air crew, you know, I definitely had a checklist. And even as a, a JTAC attack, if you call it a nine line, you still have, right? There's yeah. readbacks, your stuff. But same thing with your bow, because that's how you dry fire your bow, right? You didn't go through your checklist. Yep. Like you're like, oh, and you let it go and you didn't have, a, you didn't have an arrow in there. And wow. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. yeah, no, that's absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, checklists and checklists and TOs. You know, as a as a bomb yeah. loader, as a maintainer on those uh, on those fighters. That that's 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 the life, right? It's a just it's a great microcosm for for all the rest of the things that we do. A good reminder to breathe. A good reminder that when you are breathing, right. it affects the rest of your body and the rest of your approach to, yeah. to the things that you're doing yards away, right? And I like shooting um, like it slows it down. I mean, like you, that yeah. checklist can be that slow. Like you know. Okay, is my arrow in? Where are my fletchings? Right, I'm hooked in. You're anchoring back, right? Is my stance good? Right, you know, again, elbow up, and am I looking through my peep sight? You know, like, <laughs> and you and you you just do that checklist, you know, and then and then the breathing, right? And then even am I dialed, right? So you have a dial for sights if you're not in the archery, right? So if you're shooting, you know, am I am I did I dial to the right yardage or did I keep it on my last target, right? My last target was at forty, right. if I didn't move my sight. You know, now I'm at say 60 or 70 yards, you're not going to hit it. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, that's the thing. I Yeah, the little details matter, yeah. right? Like those things add up and, and you got to slow down and execute. Um, all right. So I think to wrap things up, I've, I've been kind of sure. I've been asking an open ended ended question uh -oh. to end the podcast. Um, okay. And and so I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here. Uh, but been asking what's on your heart what's on your mind for for our community right now whether it's a piece of advice or whether it's just something you want to get off your chest or something you think that people might need to hear uh or, or something that we should all be thinking about a little bit more kind of within our community what's what's on your heart what's on your mind for us yeah no that is a big one i uh wow i don't know like i love the transition and and there's a lot of of help in the transition i tell you one of the just even a hit i i think 
the nonprofit side of it. Just because again, I am working a little bit more with some nonprofits. And then I've known the suicide, you know, I, I've had a friend, right? Attack P who did, man, I, I would just say, when you look at all of that, you look at the nonprofits that are out there, even the companies that are for profit and you look at your transition, the thing that weighs on me is the resources out there are incredible, you know, um, and even to the people that are out there. So when you look at social media, um, you know, you know, I, I think that again, there's, there's a ton of information. So no one, I really don't want anyone to ever go without, you know, you can get on Google and I mean, Google, you know, it, cause even if it's a, you know, I mean, there's one here in San Antonio called the pink berets. You might not have heard of them yet. Like, and it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a women specific one. Um, I think there's just a ton. And then when I look at that, like, it just, it hurts me. I mean, I know suicide can be deeper and it even doesn't, I wouldn't even like, if I, if I go, if I put suicide out there, mental health, again, stuff I've done, that's where I met Cam, right? So you can't, you can't push one. I, you know, I met him when he was with the Iron Freedom Foundation. Uh, you know, my, my kayak is sitting in the, in the garage. And so I love that. If you follow me on Instagram, I love teasing Cam and I, I, I do crazy. Have you seen in my stories that I've never done for Cam? It'll be these. Oh yeah, yeah. Crazy yeah. <laughs> people are people are throwing their kayaks and they're going over falls, and I'm like, Cam, the Devil's River. The Devil's River isn't that bad. Um, yeah. But there's all these nonprofits, and then that's bigger organizations, or you know, nonprofit is organization. There's individuals. Hit me up. Hell, right? Yeah. I have enough time. Yeah. Hit, you know, you up, Cam up. I mean, there's yep. there's people, the other veterans out there. Like you know, again, I'm not a. a, a a social worker or a psychologist, so I might not have the answer. So, I mean, I really don't want to, I wouldn't mess someone up, but if you're just looking for someone to, to lend an ear to, like, I, I bet there's a shit ton of us out there, right. That at least, you know, lend that ear to. So that that's my big thing is that the resources from nonprofits, the profit companies, all the way down to the individual, there's so many, like ask for that help. And even if it's not help you need, like, you know, you see if you can volunteer, like it's just so much out. There. Yeah. 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 Well said. I, I, I agree completely. I think it's pretty easy to be cynical about these things, right? It's pretty easy to look at the, the epidemic of suicide in our community and the epidemic of suicide in this country, period. And to look at the mental health crisis and to look at the opioid crisis and to let, you know, the way that the mainstream media talks about all of these things, to let it all fall into the same category, right? It's like that affects other people. That doesn't affect me. Right. I don't feel that way. I don't think that way. Nobody in my family or my circle thinks that way or feels that way. That's just some things that are happening outside. It's very easy in our culture to be desensitized to those things. Um, and, and, and people like us, like, like you and me and, and, and the, the people that we interact with daily within our community, like we can't say it enough and we can't be open enough. If you, if you need something, reach out. The resources are there. The opportunities are there. We're all here to help. And like you said, I'm not a trained social worker. You're not a trained yeah. social worker, but I can certainly put you in touch with people who are, or we can have a conversation. We can connect. We can build a relationship. We can be a human being to each other and, and, and figure out ways that we can use these resources together. So um, totally echoing your sentiments. And I think it's really important to, to remind ourselves and each other about. Cool. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome, that's brother. Really, well, listen, really, really I, weighs, weighs on me lately. Like I just, there's so 
there's so much, you know, you, you can find it, you know. I mean, people make fun of it a little bit. Like, I think, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what the number is. There's like 45,000, you know, veteran nonprofits. Great. Yeah, there are. And you, it'd be staggering to, to know that people don't know of, you know, 10% of those, you know? And so, yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, where can, where can folks find you? Where can folks get a hold of you? Where can folks read these uh, amazing posts that you don't think about until the night before? I'm nowhere. So I used to do, I did a Vets React with Richard Ryan for Black Rifle stuff. And I, I hated when he asked me, like, where can people find you? I'm on LinkedIn, right? Dan Horgan, it's this guy. I'm actually in a tie. My neighbor, I point because my garage door is open. I can see his house. Matt Roberts actually does headshots. So Matt did a phenomenal headshot for me. And I, I am in a tie. And I did some other ones, but I like the tie one. So anyway, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Dan Horgan. I'm on Instagram. So it's Dan underscore Horgan underscore. Uh, but again, I mess around with that. I'm on Facebook, but I kind of I don't really, it's not a ghost account. I wouldn't say that. Danny Nicholas is, is my name. That's my middle name. And I just, I don't really do anything with it. I just keep it for work purposes a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Other than that, then I'm in San Antonio, right? So if anyone's listening and you guys are in San Antonio, you, you hit me up, DM me and yeah, help out however I can. Awesome. Yeah. Well, listen, I sincerely appreciate the time. Right, I'm sure. glad that we finally got connected. Glad we met each other and appreciate you coming on. And uh, I'm sure this won't be, won't be the last time. No, for sure. And I'm sorry. It took Cam yelling at me via text. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. It was fun. He's just getting you back for all those Instagram stories. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right, Dan, appreciate your time, brother. Take care. We'll talk soon.